Friday morning in the ICT. Like we might have a few blue skies. We may also have some cloudy skies. But today is Friday. And I'm happy that you can all join me today. Got a lot to get to today. A lot of college football reports. Uh, still looking at the AAC conference. Going to be looking at four teams. I was supposed to do this yesterday. Didn't get around to it. But I'm back with you today on a Friday, on the last day of the month, July the 31st. Uh, today we're going to be looking at Temple, Navy, SMU, and Houston. We're also going to be looking at some other things that are shaping the college football world as well, too. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast because I'm pretty sure you will enjoy the information I have. Before I get into looking at the AAC, as I mentioned, I want to look at some college football reports here. The NCAA extends size of football sideline area. The sideline area college football teams used to congregate will be extended by 20 yards this season, and only one captain from each team will be permitted to participate in the pregame or overtime coin toss. The NCAA Plain Rules Oversight Panel announced alterations in football and other sports to accommodate for the COVID-19 concerns this coming season. The team's sideline area currently extends from one 25-yard line to the other. Those areas will now span from the 15 to the 15. Currently, as many as four team captains can participate in the coin toss. That has been reduced to one, and only two officials will be allowed to participate. In soccer, the penalty for spitting at an opponent has been increased from an ejection and one-game suspension to an ejection to an ejection and two-game suspension. In volleyball, teams will not switch benches during a match. Also, the NCAA to allow uniform patches for social justice causes. College athletes can now wear patches on their uniforms to honor causes they support, including social justice initiatives. The NCAA's Plain Rules Oversight Panel announced on Thursday. Under current rules, patches are either banned or unaddressed in Division One sports. The new rule will permit one patch on the front of a player's uniform and one on the back. On the front, the patch must not exceed two and a quarter inches and may be used as a commemorative memorial patch. Names, mascots, nicknames, logos, and marks intended to celebrate or memorialize people, events, or other causes. Players can also replace their last name on the backs of their jerseys to honor a cause they support. The second location is on the back of the uniform where the player name is traditionally located and, as authorized by the school or conference, will allow names, words intended 
to celebrate or memorialize people, events, or other causes, the NCAA announced. The names or words may vary by member. The new rule is subject to conference and school approval for each athlete. The announcement follows an energized stretch of activism that has followed the death of George Floyd in May. Collegiate athletes have been engaged in protests and publicized their views through social media. Ohio State's Seth Towns, a grad transfer from Harvard, was detained by police at a protest in Columbus, Ohio after Floyd's death. He says, in the tweet itself, it says, in a span of just 24 hours, I walked across a Harvard virtual graduation stage into the back of a police van alongside other peaceful protesters, both of which I am equally proud of. That was the tweet from Seth Towns. He says, I won't stop. I will continue to use my voice to speak out for the people who are unheard. And that's what I did. Voice is so important, Towns said on Sports Center after the incident. And when I say voice, I'm not talking about speaking per se. I'm talking about actions. I'm talking about going out and protesting and doing your duty as a member of this democracy. I also reported yesterday the SEC to play 10-game conference-only football schedule in 2020. The SEC presidents and chancellors on Thursday approved a 10-game conference-only football schedule for the fall that began September 26. The revised schedule, which was altered because of the impact of the coronavirus pandemic, increases by two the SEC's usual conference slate of eight league games, which includes six divisional foes, one permanent cross-divisional foe, and one rotating cross-divisional foe. Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland confirmed the SEC will keep its division format in the eight teams that are currently scheduled and that the league is still determining the two additional teams. Sources told ESPN that one proposal heavily discussed is to add each school's cross-divisional rotating opponents for the 2021 and 2022 seasons. Another proposal... considered, sources said, would be for the league to devise a ranking system based on strength of schedule and add the two additional league games based on that system. Any plan must be approved by athletic directors. The full schedule will be announced at a later date. The SEC title game is scheduled for December 19th. Two weeks later, that plan at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. The schedule includes one open day for each school in the middle of the season as well as an open date on December 12th for all teams. The SEC made the changes to allow for maximum flexibility and make it any necessary 
scheduling adjustments while reacting to the developments around the pandemic and continued advice from medical experts, the conference's announcement said. <clears throat> the shift to late September will allow schools to regenerate. Reintegrate their entire student bodies on campus amid the new challenges presented by the pandemic, according to Commissioner George Sankey. This new plan for a football schedule is consistent with the educational goals of our university to allow for the safe and orderly return to campus of their student populations and to provide a healthy learning environment during these unique circumstances presented by the COVID-19 virus, Sankey said in a statement. This new schedule will support the safety measures that are being taken by each of our institutions to ensure the health of our campus communities. The SEC became the fourth Power Five conference this month to alter the schedule in order to provide more flexibility during the pandemic, joining the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC. The ACC announced Wednesday it will use an 11-game schedule, which includes FBS Independent Notre Dame playing a four-league schedule made up of 10 conference games and one non-conference game, a model that was impacted by the SEC's decision which cancels the traditional regular season rivalry games between the ACC and SEC, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, and South Carolina Clemson. Thank you said it's regrettable that those traditional rivalries won't happen in 2020, but there are unique and hopefully temporary circumstances that call for unconventional measures. People have been clamoring for us to increase the number of conference games, so I thought perhaps there would be a great celebration at the reality, right? But it is a recognition that we are in a very different environment and the importance of the Southeastern Conference Championship was primary for us, Sankey said, on the Paul Feinbaum show. We have a great respect for the rivalries that exist across the conference, but we don't know what the fall is going to look like. And having the ability to manage our own schedule, we believe, gives us the best opportunity to play for that championship to have our division winners, which is our tradition. And then to have a conference champ game a few weeks later than originally planned. And that's really the point of emphasis. And it follows our return to campus. And over the last two weeks of August, uh, we're going to have uh, tens of thousands of people back on our campuses and our locales. Uh, we're going to be reengaging in education. It will be different as we live in this COVID environment. And we need to make sure that happens and happens well. And our athletics programs operate in the context of our universities, despite what some may write from time to time. Uh, that is absolutely our reality. And this uh, decision is a recognition of that reality, wanting to make sure we, we welcome people back, that uh, whatever 
learning and, and change has to happen around our campuses takes place in a great way, and that will allow us to play the football season. And there you have those remarks there from SEC Commissioner George Sankey. So it goes on, says the ACC decided on its plus one model as a way to accommodate the four ACC-SEC rivalry games. Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack, who was on a video conference call before the SEC announced its decision, said it was important for the league to support those rivalry games. If you can do things as a collective body and group that can benefit schools where it is important, I'm inclined to try to be a good partner and support that, he said. Asked if the SEC choosing a conference-only schedule would alter the ACC's format, Wildhack said, in my opinion, no. Strictness said the SEC's decision discussion centered on a conference-only season before the ACC made its announcement Wednesday. He also said he and the other schools with ACC rivals lobbied hard to keep one non-conference game on the schedule, but because the league agreed to play 10 games and pushed the start date to September 26, there simply weren't enough Saturdays to keep a non-conference game on the schedule. So there you have what's going on in college football with schools deciding to go with conference-only games. And you just wonder, the Power Fives are doing it. How much longer will it take for the non-Power Five conferences to catch on? Don't be surprised if the American Athletic Conference decides to do the same thing. Because that is beginning to be the new norm. And speaking of the American Athletic Conference, I will be back to highlight the four teams that I mentioned at the onset of this podcast. So stay tuned, and I'll be right back after a word from my sponsor. Okay, so I welcome you back, and uh, now we're going to get back into looking at the conference known as the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, and uh, thus far the teams we have previewed has been Cincinnati, Memphis, and UCF. Basically, those are the top three teams in that conference football-wise. So now we look at Today, starting with Temple, head coach Rod Carey in his second year. They went 8-5 and five last year. Uh, looking at their 2020 schedule, September the 5th, they start at Miami of Florida, but I'm pretty sure that will be changed and altered. Uh, September 12th, Idaho comes in. September 19th, Rutgers. And I'm pretty sure that might be a change game as well, too. Then on the 26th, they get the conference play at Navy. Then October 10th at Massachusetts. On the 17th, South Florida, that's a conference game. 
at Memphis on the 24th, at Tulane on the 31st. Then they come back home on November the 5th against SMU. Back on the road at UCF on the 14th. On the 21st, East Carolina, and they close out on the 28th with Cincinnati coming in. Uh, their record last year was 2019. They lost to North Carolina 55 to 13 in the military bowl. Uh, the report on them is Temple and bowl games have gone hand in hand over the past five football seasons. Last year, the Isles finished 85 and went to the military bowl under new coach Rod Carey, who has the program aimed towards success again in 2020. There will be some significant pieces to replace, including third-team AP All-America Center Matt Hennessy, who left early for the NFL Draft, and AAC Defensive Player of the Year Quincy Roach, an end who transferred to Miami. Success will begin at quarterback, where dependable Anthony Russo returns. He has 23 career starts and last season threw for 2,861 yards and 21 touchdowns against a dozen interceptions. Russo will have two key weapons at wideout in the school's first 1,000-yard receiver, Jaden Blue, 95 catches, 1,067 yards, and four TDs, and 6'5 senior, Brandon Mack, 59 catches for 904 yards and seven TDs. Sophomore running back Raymond Davis will be the Owls' rushing attack. Will lead the Owls' rushing attack after gaining 936 yards as a true freshman in 2019. Defense was the key in last year's run to the postseason under new defensive coordinator Jeff Knowles, and all eyes will be on Junior Knowles' tackle. Finley Mahia, who was a first-team all-conference selection last season. The linebacker room lost key players. And Kerry will need Isaiah Graham Mobley and William Quincu to contribute immediately. Graham Mobley missed five games last season with an injury, but had 36 stops in eight games. Quincu has 39 games on his temple resume. Christian Braswell brings playmaking experience to the cornerback position. So there you have the report on Temple. Next, we look at Navy. Well, first of all, let me give you the projected starters for Temple. Their projected starters look like this on the offense. Quarterback Anthony Russo, a 6'4", 235-pound senior. Running back Raymond, Raymond Davis, a 5'9", 210-pound sophomore. 
Isaac Moore, at left tackle, 6'7", 305-pound junior. Left guard, Joseph Hooper, is 6'3", 295-pound senior. At center, Adam Klein, 6'5", 295-pound junior. Right guard, Vincent Picazzi, a 6'4", 305-pound senior. At right tackle, David Nwanguwu, a 6'5", 295-pound sophomore. Tight end, David Martin Robinson, 6'4", 245-pound sophomore. Wide receiver, Jose Barbin, a 6-foot, 185-pound sophomore. Wide receiver, Brandon Mack, a 6'5", 220-pound senior. And wide receiver, Jaden Blue, a 6-foot, 185-pound senior. On the defensive side, we have defensive end Arnold Ibleketai, a 6'4", 235-pound junior. Nose tackle. Ifenlo Maha, a 6'2", 285-pound junior. Defensive tackle, Daniel Archibon, 6'6", 300-pound grad transfer. Defensive end, Manny Walker, a 6'4", 250-pound grad transfer. Linebacker, William Quinn Q, 6'1", 230-pound senior. Linebacker, Otley Isaac. A 6'1", 227-pound junior. And also round off the linebacking core, Isaiah Graham Mobley, a 6'2", 225-pound senior. Cornerback, Freddie Johnson, a 6'1", 190-pound senior. Cornerback, Christian Braswell, 6'5", 178-pound junior. Free safety, Amira Tyler, 6'5", 195-pound senior. Strong safety, Kevon Bruton, 5'11", 195-pound senior, and the specialist kicker, Will Mobley, 5'8", 170-pound junior, and punter, Adam Berry, 6'6", 210-pound junior. Next, we look at Navy. Ken Nyamatalo, who's in his 13th year with a career record at the school of 98 and 60. And looking at their 2020 schedule, and keep in mind as I give you these schedules, we also have to keep in mind that this is in a pandemic year, so. These schedules might not be concrete, and these schedules may also be altered. But the game is supposed to be August 29th. It's against Notre Dame. And September 12th starting. Uh, have Louisiana Lafayette. September 19th at Tulane. September 26th at Temple. 
October 3rd at Air Force, October 17th at East Carolina, October 24th, Houston comes to the town, then on the 31st at SMU, November 7th, home game against Tulsa, then on the 14th, home game Memphis, November 21st at South Florida, and they close out December 12th against, which is the annual game, Army, that game is going to be at West Point. Uh, their bowl game, they played in the Liberty Bowl, and they beat Kansas State 20-17. to Their 2019 record, they posted an 11-2 and record. So, there you have a very powerful team right there in Navy. Navy proved the doubters wrong in 2019 after winning a combined 10 games over the previous two seasons, including a three-win campaign in 2018. Some began to wonder if the program was trending downward after back-to-back first-place finishes in the AAC West Division in 2015-2016. What followed was an eight-game turnaround that culminated in a school record tying 11 wins and high expectations returning for the program. Navy finished number 20 in the AP in the final AP poll. There will be some questions this fall. Which quarterback will lead the option-based offense? Will sophomore Perry Olsen or senior Dalen Morris replace Malcolm Perry at the position? How will it work without the benefit of spring practice? Olsen appeared in nine games at the backup in 2019. Morris saw limited action. The Navy led the nation in rushing yards for the first time since 2008 last season, 360.5 per game, and set a school record for rushing yards per attempt, 6.1. Fullback Jamal Crothers is the midshipman's leading returning ball carry. He gained 734 yards last year and averaged 6.6 yards per carry. Michael Cooper was Navy's top receiving threat. He caught 18 passes for 380 yards and two touchdowns. Defense was the key to the turnaround in 2019 as the midshipmen improved from number 86 to number 16 nationally in total defense. This year's unit is centered around linebacker Diego Fagat, who was the team's leading tackler last season with 100 stops and was also second in tackles for loss. 12, and sacks five and a half. Junior safety, Brennan, Kevin Brennan, is the leader in the secondary after making 81 tackles with two interceptions in 2019. The defense suffered a big loss in mid-March with second-team All-AAC and Jacob Springer team-high eight sacks entered the transfer portal. So looking at their projected starters on offense, QB Perry Olsen, the six foot, 205 pound senior. Slot back CJ Williams, five foot eight, 175 pound senior. Slot back Keone Cordell Micaiah, a 5'11", 175 pound senior. Fullback Jamal Carruthers, 5'9", 203-pound junior. Left tackle Kurt Stingle, a 6'4", 256-pound senior. Left guard 
Nate Bernacci, a 6'2", 290-pound junior. Center, Justin Self, 6'2", 264-pound senior. Right guard, Peter Nestrowitz, a 6'3", 282-pound senior. Right tackle, Billy Honaker, 6'3", 282-pound senior. Wide receiver, Ryan Mitchell, a 6'3", 200-pound senior. And wide receiver, Michael Cooper, 6'5", 221-pound junior. On the defense, defensive end, Jackson Perkins, a 6'6", 257-pound senior. Nose tackle, Ala Focio Palaya, a six foot, two hundred ninety one pound sophomore. Defensive tackle, Jarius Warren, six one, two fifty seven pound, two hundred fifty seven pound junior. Defensive end, Tony Brown, six three, two hundred one pound junior. Linebacker, Diego Forgot, a six three, two hundred forty pound junior. Linebacker, Tama Tuatali, a 6'1", 249-pound sophomore. Linebacker, Ian Blake, a 6'2", 226-pound senior. Cornerbacks, Micah Farrar, 6'1", 180-pound senior. And Cameron Kenley, 6'2", 204-pound senior. Free safety, Evan Proctman, 6'1", 193-pound senior, and strong safety, Kevin Brennan, a 5'11", 199-pound junior. The specialist would be handling both kicker and punter duties will be Bajan Nichols, a 6'1", 204-pound sophomore. We'll take a break here, slide in a word from my sponsor. When I come back, I will wrap this up most likely with SMU and Houston, so stay tuned. Welcome back, and now we're going to wrap up with a look at SMU and then Houston. SMU and Houston. Head coach is Sonny Dykes. This is his third year. Thus far, he's posted a 15 and 11 record. His career record is 56 and 56. Uh, football frenzy hit the SMU campus last fall. The Mustangs, under second year coach Sonny Dykes, finished with their first 10 win season since 1984. It was only the sixth 10 win campaign in school history. An encore performance won't be easy, but there are several parts that could at least make things entertaining. Quarterback Shane Buchel threw for 3,929 yards and 34 touchdowns in his junior season. He led the American Athletic Conference in passing yards per game and passing touchdowns after transferring from Texas. He will be coached by a new offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, who was running backs coach at Appalachian State last year and is the younger brother of Oklahoma head coach, offensive innovator Lincoln Riley. 
He replaces Red Lashley, who left for the OC job at the University of Miami. Wide receiver Reggie Rock Roberson Jr. suffered a foot injury last October and at the time had 803 yards, receiving yards, and six touchdowns through eight games. He'll try to offset the loss of graduated standout James Porsche Proach, who made an FBS leading catches last season for 1,225 yards with 15 touchdowns. Look for promising sophomore Rasheed Rice to also pick up some of the slack in the passing game. While tight end Kyle Granson, 43 catches, 721 yards, and 9 TDs, should continue to be a strong contributor. Defensively, Mustangs will be paced by senior linebacker Delano Robinson, 76 tackles in 2019. Safety Trevor Dinbo, 64, and cornerback. Armani Johnson, 11 pass breakups, two interceptions. The defensive line will be recycled with new players looking to make an impact. And Turner Cox, 50 tackles, three and a half sacks, will be asked to be a leader up front. So now we will look at their upcoming schedule. September the 5th. At Texas State, September 12th, Stephen F. Austin comes into town. September 19th, at North Texas. September 26th, TCU comes in. October 1st, Memphis. On the 17th, at Tulane. October 24th, Cincinnati. October 31st, Navy. Month of November, the 5th. At Temple, on the 14th at Tulsa, on the 21st at home against Houston, and they close out on the 28th on the road at East Carolina. Looking at their projected starters, quarterback Shane Buchel, a 6'1", 207-pound senior, running back T.J. McDaniel, a 5'11", 194-pound sophomore, Left tackle Jalen Thomas, a 6'3", 312-pound junior. Left guard Hayden Howerton, a 6'3", 290-pound senior. Left center, Allen Ali, a 6'4", 295-pound junior. Right guard Kobe Bryant, a 6'5", 320-pound senior. Right tackle Bo Moore, 6'6", 295-pound senior. Tight end Kylan Grinson, 6'3", 235-pound senior. Wide receiver, Rasheed Rice, 6'1", 189-pound sophomore. Wide receiver, Tyler Page, 5'11", 193-pound senior. And wide receiver, Reggie Roberson, a, Reggie Roberson Jr., a 6'2", 200-pound senior. On the defensive side, Gary Wiley, a 6'1", 240-pound junior, defensive end. Nose tackle, Terrence Newman, 5'11", 315-pound junior. 
Defensive tackle, Harrison Loveless, 6'3", 291-pound sophomore. Defensive end, Turner Cox, 6'2", 247-pound junior. Linebacker, Jimmy Phillips, Jr., a 6'2", 224-pound junior. Linebacker, Brian Holloway, 5'11", 205-pound junior. Linebacker, Delano Robinson, 6'2", 230-pound senior. Cornerback Armani Johnson, 5'11, 177 pound junior. Cornerback Justin Guy Robinson, 5'10, 180 pound junior. Free safety Trevor Denbo, 5'11, 225 pound senior. And strong safety Shevin Calloway, 5'10, 190 pound junior. Specialist <clears throat> kicker. Russell Roberts, six foot, one hundred seventy pound, seventy eight pound junior, and not only does he play free safety, but also handling the punting duties. Punter Trevin Denbo, five eleven, two hundred twenty five pound sophomore. Next, we look at Houston head coach in his second year. Dana Hogerson posted a four and eight record last year. His career record is sixty five and forty nine. Uh, Houston football fans were excited in January 2019 when Dana Hogerson was named the program's head coach. Twelve months later, there are more questions than answers. There are more questions than enthusiasm after a 4-8 and eight season. What is going to happen with the offense? When quarterback De'Aaron King abruptly announced plans to redshirt after four games last season, and then later transferred to the University of Miami. It put the Cougars in recovery mode. Junior Clayton Toon returns as the starting QB, and the good news is that he won't be thrust into the position a month into the season like he was in 2019. He has time to prepare for a full campaign after throwing for 1,533 yards and 11 touchdowns with nine interceptions in seven games last year. There are weapons all around Tune, including dangerous wide receivers in Keith Corbin, Marquez Stevenson, and Jeremy Singleton. Corbin joined King in red shirt after four games, but chose to stay on campus and continue his career at UH. Running back Kyle Porter transferred to Houston from Texas and rushed for 615 yards and three touchdowns last season while starting Nine games for the Cougars. The 5'9", 210-pound senior should be a feature back. But keep an eye on another senior, Mubal Carr, who averaged 6.4 yards on 59 carries last year before red shirt after four games. Center Jack Friedman and right tackle Jared Williams will anchor an offensive line searching for improvement. Nickelback Grant Stewart 97 tackles, nine and a half for losses. Cornerback Demarion Williams, 73 tackles, two interceptions, and safety Deontay Anderson are the top returning players for a Houston defense that gave up at least 44 points in three of its final four games last season. So let's look at their projected schedule. September 3rd against Rice. September 12th at Washington State. 
September 19th at Memphis, September 26th at North Texas. Actually, that's a home game against North Texas. October 8th at home against Tulane. Then on the 16th and the 24th of October, they get on the road for two games against BYU first and then at Navy. October 31st, home game against UCF. November 7th, they go into a hostile environment at Cincinnati. Then they come home for a game on the 14th of November against South Florida. Back on the road in state rival SMU on the 21st, and they close out at home on the 28th against Tulsa. <clears throat> and looking at their projected starters. Quarterback, they're looking at Clayton Toon, a 6'3", 215-pound junior. Running back, Kyle Porter, 5'9", 210-pound senior. Left tackle, Patrick Paul, a 6'7", 330-pound freshman. Left guard, Keenan Murphy, 6'3", 298-pound senior. Center, Jack Freeman, 6'3", 278-pound sophomore. Right guard, Max Baines, 6'5", 301-pound sophomore. Right tackle, Jared Williams, 6'7", 305-pound senior. Tight end, Christian Trahan, 6'3", 235-pound junior. Wide receiver, Jeremy Singleton, 6'185-pound junior. Wide receiver, Marquez Stevenson, 6'190-pound senior. And wide receiver, Keith Corbin, 6'1", 297-pound senior. On the defense, as we just shed light, the defense that gave up at least 44 points through his final four games last season. Defensive end, Derek Parrish, 6'2", 245-pound junior. Nose tackle, Oliver Charles Pierre, 6'2", 345-pound senior. Defensive tackle, Jamaico Jamaico Neal, 6'3", 315-pound junior. Linebackers, Peyton Turner, 6'6", 288-pound senior. <laughs> Zamar Kirvin, 6'3", 205-pound junior. Donovan Mutin, 6'2", 222-pound junior. The cornerbacks, Sean Lewis, 6'1", 190-pound junior. Demarion Williams, 5'11", 170-pound senior. Nickelback, Grant Stewart, 6'1", 210-pound senior. Free safety, Javarius Owens, 6'2", 200-pound junior. Strong safety, Deontay Anderson, 6'2", 217-pound senior. Specialists, looking at kicker, Dalton Witherspoon, 5'9", 170-pound senior. And handling the punt duties will be Lane Wilkins, 6'2", 203-pound freshman. And there you have some college football news as well as college football preview looking at the AAC. Tomorrow, when I come back and do this again, we're going to look at wrapping up the AAC with Tulsa, Tulane, East Carolina, and South Florida. Just trying to get you ready for a little bit of football action. So, 
Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Like the broadcast or like the podcast, share the podcast. If you also want to contribute to help keep this podcast going, get the app. Leave me a message. Also get the app. And you can donate to this podcast on a monthly basis, either $0.99 a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. But your feedback is greatly appreciated. So until next time, take care of yourself and each other. And have a blessed weekend.